Hi, my name is Nat Richards. I'm from Techs on the Move, and I'm here today to talk about permanent residency visas that you can get in Australia that don't require business sponsorship. And we call those General Skilled Migration Visas, or GSM for short. The reason why it's important to talk about these visas is because we often uh, get speaking to people from all over the world who are interested in the option to gain permanent residency in Australia before perhaps ever even setting foot here, but certainly without the need to actually get sponsored by a business that they then actually must stay with for a given period of time before earning the right to stay in Australia indefinitely. Uh, or perhaps they're already in Australia and are still looking for that same ability to become a permanent resident, but don't want to rely on a business uh, to help them get there. Either way, it's absolutely possible if you meet certain criteria that we'll go through here today. And uh, it's going to take a little while because this is one of the more complicated visa options that uh, anyone has, no matter whether they're a, an automotive tradesman, which of course is our bread and butter, or they're coming from a, a different field that still has a pathway toward this same outcome. So uh, first thing to note, of course, here is that uh, when we're talking about GSM, normally for us, that means a 189 or a 190 visa. And of course, uh, the really important thing is that these are both points tested visas, which I'll break down in a moment. 189 visa is a, a very general independent uh, skilled visa that of course carries permanent residency. So if you've successfully gotten a 189 visa, it pretty much means that you're a permanent resident of Australia without uh, owing anything to anyone. You've not got any allegiance to any business or any state. You're pretty much a free agent. A 190 is a very similar visa, although it does carry a certain obligation to uh, live in a particular state that has sponsored you to become a, a 190 visa holder. And uh, in that sort of circumstance, you'd often need to live and work in that state for two years uh, at the moment. Most often that's in New South Wales that typically has the strongest call for uh, people on that skilled occupations list. And certainly that's the case for uh, automotive workers. So in our case at the moment, uh, motor mechanics, diesel mechanics, and uh, panel meters as well. So this points testing thing is where it starts to get a little bit complicated. And uh, basically the Australian government uses this points testing system as a way to try to ensure that they're able to attract and, uh, and offer an actual visa to the, uh, the most uh, beneficial people to move to Australia as far as the general population here is concerned. So they're looking uh, to basically try to get the cream of the crop if you like. And uh, they do that through this points testing system whereby you will earn certain amounts of points for different things about you. And uh, the goal is to get to 65 points as you can see here. So 65 points within this system is needed to lodge an EOI or expression of interest and then after that, uh, you will hopefully then be uh, offered the chance to apply uh, for the visa itself from the relevant authority. So it doesn't necessarily mean that when you're lodging an EOI or expression of interest, you're all good and we're on with the visa. Instead, you've actually really just shown the government uh, that you would like to, uh, to be invited for this visa. And then it's at their discretion that you will be invited for it thereafter and uh, how, how long that might take or how many points may be required above 65 tends to fluctuate a little bit every now and again. It's definitely best to, uh, to ask us at any given point you know, what to expect uh, out of that, depending on your, your background and the visa that you're looking for. Nonetheless, 65 points, um, and uh, your points will be determined by a few different factors here. The big ones are your age, your experience uh, in your trade in the last decade, your Australian qualifications, uh, and uh, English language test scores. So let me break all four of those things down. So age, basically what they're looking for there is uh, the youngest possible people that they can. And it's kind of cold, but ideally what they're looking for is the longest amount of time that you'll have in your working life to come down to Australia, apply your trade, pay your taxes, 
be a good uh, resident or perhaps citizen eventually and, uh, and offer the most benefit uh, to the country. So uh, if you're uh, in that sort of ideal uh, early age at the moment between uh, 25 and 32, you'll get maximum points. Cut off uh, entirely for permanent residency is 45. So if you've unfortunately already turned 45, it's not going to happen for you at the moment. Um, if you're say, uh, you know, between 40 and 44, uh, you'll, uh, you'll still qualify, but you'll get less points than what you would if you were a little, a little younger. Uh, experience in your trade in the last decade, of course, is, is really important. So the government is looking to offer you this visa for a reason. You've got a skill that they want to bring into the country because we're short in it. And uh, ultimately, the more experience you can show in your trade in the last decade, the more points you'll get. Ideally, eight or more years. And that needs to be evidenced through things like a particular a format of, uh, of reference from uh, either a previous or a current employer, uh, perhaps also some uh, financial records like pay slips, tax returns, that kind of thing. Um, you'll get less points uh, for experience in your trade if you've only got, say, uh, three uh, um, years in the last decade or, or five, somewhere in the middle, but uh, you can, we can, of course, figure that out with you as we go. Um, Australian qualification. Now, this often throws people a little bit because, of course, you're unlikely to already be in Australia and you certainly won't have an Australian-based qualification, but nonetheless, the Australian government asks for this. So for most uh, motor mechanics or diesel mechanics or panel beaters, which, uh, of course, is our main focus, this means a process called skills assessment. So uh, we've done other videos on skills assessment. I'm not going to go into it in a huge amount of detail here, but basically it's a process that we can also assist with whereby you're able to evidence your experience in your trade and your skills and knowledge. Uh, and uh, it's not going to require that you leave your home country. Uh, it's, uh, it's an expensive process, uh, but ultimately you come out of it with an Australian certificate three in your particular trade, and that will earn you more points within this system. So it's often the first thing that you really do when you start this process toward a GSM visa, whichever it might be. Uh, English language test scores. So this is the, the really tricky one for most people. So the Australian government with this whole uh, system of trying to get the best possible candidates come down here includes uh, this component of English language testing to try to make sure that uh, people have got a, a, as best of an English language ability as they can. So basically, within the approved uh, tests uh, that people can use, which is normally for us either IELTS or Pearson PTE, depending on which is your preference, uh, the more points you score across those different categories of those tests, the more points you'll get within the 65 needed to lodge an expression of interest. Uh, so uh, typically, uh, the, the sort of um, uh, balancing act that you're looking for here is to find someone uh, that has you know, age that is hopefully not too far towards 45, lots of experience in their trade, uh, the ability to go through an Australian qualification uh, with skills assessment, which is normally pretty straightforward, and then uh, an English language score that allows to top everything up uh, to, to, one, uh, to 65 for uh, that 189 or 190 visa. Um, how you will break down within this, uh, this whole uh, rubric is of course very personal and it's the sort of thing we're really happy to talk about anytime you like. So that's what consultation is all about. Uh, we can calculate this stuff with your help. And uh, you know, sometimes there's a bit of gray area in here, of course, because you may not have taken an English uh, language test, uh, but we can point you in the, the right direction so you can really get uh, good answers. So getting towards the end of the video now, um, costs, of course always important to talk about whenever you're thinking about coming to Australia. And unfortunately, with a GSM visa, there's no way around it. It's a really expensive process. 
So it's going to vary a lot depending on the circumstances of your family. So of course, uh, with the Australian government taking uh, per head fees uh, for a visa application fees, it's going to cost you more if you're bringing a partner and then uh, perhaps children on top. Uh, if it's uh, just a one-off person, it'll obviously be a little bit less. But ultimately, there's no such thing as a cheap GSM visa. And um, as a rule of thumb, I would say, if you're working with a registered migration agency like us and in taking on board every other type of fee that you might have to along the way, which would include things like uh, your English language test, your skills assessment, uh, police checks in your, your home country or any other country you've lived in for over a year, or um, uh, medical checks, of course, is another requirement. Uh, there's, um, there's not really a whole lot of way that any, uh, anyone's gonna get out of it for less than around 10,000 Australian dollars. I'll let you convert that into your own currency. Uh, it may be more depending on your circumstances, but again, that's the sort of thing we can absolutely cover off in a consultation. Um, benefits of going for permanent residency. So I hinted at this at the top of the video. Uh, obviously one is that you'll never have to answer to an Australian business that uh, you're kind of tied to in any way. So once you're a permanent resident, it's pretty much like being a, um, a tradesman in your own uh, country. You can come and go from a business as you please, totally up to you. Um, there are other things though that can be really helpful here. So one of them uh, that's quite popular with a lot of the people that we've worked with over the years is the ability to completely avoid uh, any obligation to pay school fees if you've got children. So different states in Australia uh, will often charge different amounts of money uh, to enroll kids in public school if you've got them. Uh, being a permanent resident completely allows you to avoid that. Uh, it also allows you to enroll in the Australian uh, Medicare system. So our publicly funded uh, healthcare system Medicare uh, is open to anyone that is a permanent resident. So if you're coming from a country where you don't have reciprocal healthcare rights in place and therefore would have to otherwise take out more expensive uh, private healthcare insurance, going uh, for this GSM uh, pathway will allow you to completely avoid that and you'll be enrolled in Medicare. Uh, it may also be uh, another way for you to fast track the process toward being able to buy Australian property without paying foreign investors taxes. So permanent residency offers different things to different people. Uh, ultimately, it's, it's completely up to you and where your priorities lie. Um, the other thing I wanted to note is that this system does change a little bit over time. So every now and again, uh, sometimes goes along with a change of government. Sometimes uh, it's a change of uh, policy within the uh, Department of Home Affairs. Uh, these things do get shaken up a little bit. And the most recent example of that was the 65 points required went from 60 to 65 in 2018. And obviously that makes life a little bit harder for a lot of people that are uh, looking to go down this GSM pathway. So um, this guide we don't expect will fundamentally change anytime soon, but I guess we have to be honest and admit that it can be a little bit in flux. So the rules as they are now may not be the rules forever. So it's always worth checking in with someone that is a registered migration agent like us to see exactly what's going on at any point in time and where you might stand. So I hope all that's helped. Uh, hopefully I've not given you too much brain damage with all that detail. If you'd like any more, uh, any more information or perhaps some answers to your own situation and your interest in this GSM visa, please by all means reach out and let us know. Uh, my name's Nat Richards. You can contact me directly on nat.richards at techsonthemove.com.au or of course, follow us in the usual sorts of places. Uh, we'd love to help you out. Cheers.